anything, Professor, now, or we can... Hello, boss lady. <laughs> I think I received an email or something mentally that said short and sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> Make it quick and get it there. Uh, <laughs> how crazy are you? Time, crazy times. Good. How about you? It was a nice day today. It looked like the weather was warmer than normal in the 50s, right at. Yeah. Didn't get to get outside to enjoy that any. No. But, uh, oh, well, work is work, right? Yeah. What can you do? What do you want to talk about tonight? Well, I heard we're talking about my new employees are playing on their phones instead of working. What should I do? Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm glad sure I that happens every day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick this topic. How about that? I think one of the masters picked this one. Well, that is a something because it's a part of our work lives. I had a boss once tell me there was no way that individual sales was going to be able to put their phone down. Because so, in the pharmacy, we used to have a rule that when you came to the pharmacy, everybody put their phones down and we locked them up in the safe. And then at the end of the day, we take them back out. Mm. That doesn't happen anymore. This boss was quite adamant. That there was no way, of course, it wasn't in the pharmacy, but there was no way that they could park from their phones. It just couldn't happen. Yeah. But, they're like attached to her hip anymore. And it has become problematic, mm -hmm. as we both know. So tonight I'm going to play the role with the masters that um, I'm a new boss and I'm walking the floor and I'm seeing that everybody seems to be on their cell phones instead of getting the work done. And, of course, I've already received the numbers. This is my first week there. I've already received the numbers that productivity is down. And, boy, it didn't take much to figure out how I could increase productivity with them phones around. Mm -hmm. So what I refer to these individuals as I was speaking to them are rule breakers. And so tonight, they'll, you'll have to listen, of course, to the next podcast. Uh, I should say the webinar we talk with the masters about this and see how we come up with an answer. But I tried to go through and look at rule breakers in the Bible. Who are some really, really ugly rule breakers? Oh. Um, I'm not saying I came up with the best or the least, but I came up with one that uh, I personally had not heard the story in complete. And so I did some deep diving on it. And I'm going to share that story with us tonight. That's all right, boss. Okay, yeah, looking forward to it. All right. This guy was a rebel rouser, a rule breaker. Uh, and I'll just start off by saying he was the uh, great-grandson of uh, Jacob. Uh, well, I should say one of Jacob's uh, 12 sons. He, the son was Levi. And this gentleman was a great-grandson. Um, his name was Horah. K-O-R-A-H. Uh, Korah was a cousin to Moses and also Aaron. If you remember the two that uh, led the children out of Egypt. Um, he was also, again, from the Levite tribe, which, of course, Aaron was. Uh, in order to be a priest, a high priest, you would need to be from that tribe. Uh, and Aaron was, of course. And, of course, Moses was the leader of the pack. And this gentleman had gone with them through the uh, whole process of the Israelites leaving Egypt. Apparently he was born in Egypt. Um, and leaving Egypt and, you know, going across the Red Sea with the parted waters. But his issue was he wanted to be high priest. In fact, 
he was very wealthy. They say he was quite clever and quite astute, according to the literature. And so he did a couple of things, a few things to try to irritate Moses and get people on his side. So I'll jump to that a little bit. And that what he did, for example, to irritate Moses, was it was required that whatever clothing that you wear, you should have a cord or a tassel attached to it. And that cord or tassel typically was some wool, and it should be dyed either blue or purple. Just a tassel hanging down from it. Mm. And that was a requirement from Moses, according to God. Well, this guy turned around, and he got about 250 leaders, community leaders, to join with him. Now, I will say this. He had two other individuals that were very close to him. We'll call them the co-conspirators with him. But these 250, they linked up with him. And so he, Ron, turned around and took cloth and had it dyed in the blue-purple color with no tassels hanging from it. And so he asked Moses, he said, is this okay since the whole cloth has been dyed that we're wearing. All 250 of us, well, 251, including him, are wearing, and it's been dyed in purple or blue. Is that fine? And Moses said, no. You have to have the wool tassel or tassel that's dyed in the blue or purple. And Koran's going around, Moses just making this up. You know, he didn't get this from God. He's just making this up. How can it be that the whole cloth is dyed in purple or blue, but it's not right unless it has a tassel hanging. It makes no sense whatsoever. I can just hear him going at Moses. Mm -hmm. And all 251 of them walking around with this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the second he, thing he did is apparently he was picking on Moses about the Torah, uh, which is some of the sacred literature. He said, if the sacred literature is in a house, but your requirement is that we have to put a parchment up that has a prayer in it on the door. He said, why do you have to put the parchment up on a door of a house that has all this sacred scripture inside? It doesn't make sense. If you got it there, why do you need to have the parchment? Of course, they put the parchment on there with the prayer, whether it did have all the Torah inside or not. And he said, it doesn't make sense. You know, hammer the Torah up there. It's the same thing, plus the parchment that you're putting up. It's just a short prayer anyway. And Moses said, that's the rule of God. Horan said, you're just making this up. You know, it ain't right. Well, he also then got the leaders to agree with him, the 250, that instead of just having one high priest, we all need to be the high priest. Mm. <laughs> Moses told him that's impossible. With God, it's only one high priest, you know, for the tabernacle. We, we're not going to have 251 going around here. And he said, you're just making that up again. We all can. We're from the Levite tribe. We all can. Oh, boy. Of course, they all weren't from Levite. And I may have added a little more than that than what I should have. Well, and then it came along that uh, it was a time for Moses to show them what's going to happen to these people who are disrespectful, not against Moses, but against God. So, Moses said, okay, all you 250 people, I want y'all to get a pan and bring it with you tomorrow. 
and your incense to go in the pan. And you, each of us, you know, and along with uh, Aaron, 250, and then Aaron, will turn around and make that offering to God. And we will find from God which offering is holy and pleasing to him. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. So they got their pans, got their incense ready. So they came the next morning. And for the festivity, if you want to call it started, Moses told the people, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen today. The Lord is going to open the earth and consume these people. Hmm. That was interesting. Well, no more did he finish speaking that the earth did open. And Quran and his two co-conspirators and their families were swallowed by the earth as well as all their possessions. Zoom, gone. Oh, wow. And then covered back up. And for the 250 that are standing there with their plates of incense, fire came down from heaven and burnt them all up immediately. Oh my goodness. Now, to teach the people uh, a remembrance of what had happened, he had Aaron's son, the high priest's son, to take what had happened with those particular plates or whatever you want to call them, and actually to craft them into item, and I think that they call it, I just want to be sure I've got this right. Hmm. There were plates, um, but I can't find the term here, that were actually put on the tabernacle. Pans, yeah. Or, excuse me, they had pans and they were made into plates. My apologies, they had their pans. And Aaron's son made them into plates so they could go on the tabernacle. But Moses went a step further. He wanted to be sure that the people knew that God had appointed Aaron as being the high priest. So he told each of the tribes, the 12 tribes, to get a staff, write your leader's name on that. And for the Levite tribe, it was Aaron's name. And we're going to put it in the sanctuary there with the tabernacle. So they did. Next day when they came in to look, what was saw or brought out was Aaron's staff. They turned around and, quote, it was budding, needless to say, and producing almonds, flowered budding with almonds. Mm -hmm. So at that point, everyone knew that, quote, Moses was telling the truth. Aaron was the chosen high priest of God. Now, before I leave and say, well, this is all over with, all the descendants of Koran were gone, the answer is they were not. He had three sons that listened to him to begin with, but they realized his folly as time passed, and so they repented. And needless to say, those three sons remained alive. They did not mm -hmm. die. In fact, there was a young man later in time that we hear about that was a descendant of Koran, and that person was called Samuel, which was the last, well, the first prophet, so to speak, because he was one of the last judges, and he was the one, of course, who went and placed King Saul and subsequently King David into authority by God's word. Mm. So is that short enough tonight? Yeah, and very interesting. So my point to walk away from this, if you're a rule breaker, you may be having a little fun there. 
And boy, you just need to be careful though. If you're taking punches or kicking or whatever shots, as we might call them, at God's people. Because God's people, if they're following what God told them to do, you never know what's going to happen on the other side. The slingshot, as we used to say. Yeah. <laughs> Big stuff there. But that's all I've got. Yeah. Oh, I enjoyed that. That was a great story. Very interesting. I will try not to be a rule maker with you. A rule breaker with you, boss. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, you know, it's hard sometimes because we all have a little ownership in us. And, it's true. And, you know, it's hard to, you know, when you're used to doing something or you, you know, believe one way. But, yeah, we do have rules and laws for a reason. I would say he got too big for his britches. He was wealthy, he was clever, you know, stupid. Mm -hmm. Learned how to think around things. He always said, don't get too big for your britches. Yeah, I've heard that too. One last thing, if I might, mm -hmm. folks, if you haven't looked at the website, you need to do so. The boss here is turning around and giving a dime for every person who signs up as a guest. Man, thing, but she's going to give a dime per month, per person, to St. Jude until December on the behalf of all these people that are coming on board. We think that you'll like the advertisement. Just go to the homepage. You probably already have seen it. Come on and join up. You know, we think that there's a lot of material here and it may be just too overwhelming, but just take your time with it. When you want to come and read something, it's there. Yeah. It just might help. Got all kinds of information. Thanks, yeah. boss, for doing that. Well, thank you. We always heard pennies from heaven. I guess these dimes are being thrown around. <laughs> <laughs> Irrespective. And it's her dime. Well, mine too. It's the company's. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. Well, thank you for your story. And everybody have a great week. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. See you Bye. next week. Bye-bye.